Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I really believe that I have a a, a word of God uh, for this moment, for this time, um, placed on my heart. And I believe that if we have the the ears to hear, uh, that tonight's going to be a a night for uh, a lot of people to find peace. Because that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about peace. Turn to your neighbor and say, peace, peace. Uh, we're in part two of uh, Peace Under Pressure series because uh, what I have gotten to the point of when it comes to my peace, I, I cherish it. it. It's something that I guard heavily. I, I don't want a peace that cracks under pressure. I don't want the kind of peace that goes away as soon as something hard comes my way. Or I, I don't want peace to be so faltered so easily. I want a kind of peace that, sa- that God says goes beyond my understanding. I want, I want a type of peace that when times get tough, my peace gets stronger. I, I want a type of peace that when people are panicking, I'm still founded in my foundation, which is the Word of God. I, I want a kind of peace that doesn't crack under pressure. Uh, so we're in part two of this series. Uh, last week, if y'all weren't here, uh, part one uh, was uh, entitled Fasting from Fear. We talked about how fear has no place in our life. Um, that uh, peace cancel out all fear, that, that when fear enters, we just have to rely on God's peace, and fear will not be able to control us or hold us into the corner anymore, but peace will free us. Um, and so we're in part two for tonight, and we're going to be talking about the story of Jacob, and uh, we're going to be going into Genesis chapter 32, uh, verses 24 through 31. Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 to 31. Uh, a little context about this scripture. So we are picking up uh, where Jacob is alone, his family is not with him um, for reasons that we will get into, and he is helpless right now, he is hopeless right now, and he's afraid right now. And that's where we pick up in verse 24. Let's read it together. It says, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. Somebody say all alone. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name, the man asked. He replied, Jacob. And he said, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him, from now on, somebody say, now on, you will be called Jacob, or called Israel, because you have fought with God and with man and have won. Please tell me your name. Oh, sorry, skid over something. That was messed up in my notes. He said, please tell me your name. Jacob, Jacob said, why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he, then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob then named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen the face of God, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising when Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Tonight, what we're going to talk about, we're, we're going to talk about maintaining peace when our plans fail. Maintaining peace when our plans fail. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight. We welcome in your Holy Spirit right now. For we have no other alternative motive other than seeing lives be changed, other than seeing miracle signs and wonders take place, Father. We give this service totally over to you, Jesus. Stir us up on the inside, God. Thank you for open minds and soft hearts in this place. For we're not here by accident, but we're here by assignment, God. And we believe that you have something for us tonight. And we have the faith to reach out. We're going to receive some life-changing 
message, God, that is going to steer us towards you, Father. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Some interesting things happen to us when our, our plans fall apart, right? Like, have you ever had a plan and it falls apart and then you feel like your life's falling apart? Um, I remember when, um, I know I haven't talked about it much. I don't think I've ever told the story on platform. But when I proposed to Haley, um, about a year or over a year ago now, year and a half ago, man, it's been a long time. But anyways, um, I had this big plan, okay? I had this big plan, and it seemed, you know, I, I had had the date put together, and, and, and I knew, okay, this is when I want to propose. I had this big plan put together, and I was trying everything in my power. My plan was this. My plan was to take her to a rooftop and then uh, um, take her to the rooftop, and then I was going to have a, uh, a telescope up there, and we're going to look at stars. And as we're looking at stars, I was going to have a friend on a rooftop adjacent with a sign saying, will you marry me? Okay, and we were going to look at the new stars, going to say, what's that? And like, you know, look, at that's, anyway, that's how it was supposed to go. And, um, but uh, things pretty quickly did not go according to my original plan. Uh, I went to every business downtown and with the roof that was adjacent to the roof we were going to be on. I went to every business downtown, and they, none of them were as romantic as me, let me tell you that. Because I, I told them the long story of what I was doing. I was so excited about it. And every single one, I probably, I'm probably not kidding, asked five to ten different businesses. And they all said no. And then I was just like, Dude, he's like what happened to romance, right? They said, nobody believed. And so I was like, well, that's not going according to plan. And then I was like, well, we can still look at stars. And then pretty soon um, I found out that, you know, because I had uh, dinner planned for afterwards with the family that she didn't know about. And then I soon looked and found out that it was going to be a cloudy night. I was like, oh, no, now we're not going to be able to look at stars. And so I was like, things falling apart. But as I was trying to make my original plan happen, a better plan came to surface. And as I was going to these businesses, I came across this one business, and he said uh, he was actually a neighbor of my parents, and he, we were talking, so, oh, this is random, but like, hey, can I, you know, go on your roof? He's like, no. But he's like, but, <laughs> he said, um, he said, I have, a, I have a drone, and I can take the whole moment from a drone. I said, hey, that's awesome. And, and then as I was thinking, I said, you know what? We don't have to look at stars. We can just, you know, dance to a song or something. And so that's what we did. And, um, and what, well, the, the moment was we, we, we danced to this song. She had no idea until the drone came. It was so funny. She thought it was just an awesome date, and then a drone came right on top of us. She's like, okay, what's going on? It's like, baby, let's go with it. But anyways, it turned out to be the most awesome thing ever. But it wasn't my plan. Turn to your neighbor and say it wasn't my plan. What, what I realized is that when plans fail, if you're following after the purpose of God inside of you, he has better plans for you. And see, so what, what happens in so our society is that we get so caught up in our plans that we forget about the plans of Jesus, and we attach ourselves to our plans. We attach our peace to our plans, and we turn out finding ourselves in places we never thought we would end up, that we didn't expect. Uh, life has a way of being unexpected. It, it, it says in surveys that over 80% of people change their major in college. They, they change up their plans. And then it says 53% of people who get the job they plan for turn out, turn out not even liking that job. So unexpected things happen all the time. 
And so if you attach your faith, if you attach your peace to what you are expecting to happen in the future, your, your peace is going to be hard to maintain. If you attach your peace to your own plans, not God's plans, your peace is going to be hard to maintain. No matter how much you try, unexpected things are going to happen in your life. But actually a good way to find out if you have true peace or not is, is to see what happens and how you respond when your plans fall apart. You see, a lot of us think we have peace, but really we're discomfortable. A lot of us think we're experiencing God's peace, but really everything's just going according to our plan right now. Our, our bank account looks good right now. Our relationships are healthy right now. Everything is comfortable right now. And so we look up to heaven and say, this must be God's peace. But see, God's peace never takes place in our comfort zone. God's peace takes place outside our comfort zone. God's peace takes place when things are falling apart around you, but for some reason you're secure on the inside. And for some reason you say, I know people are in a panic, but I got peace because my peace is not attached to human plans. My peace is attached to God. That's a good way to find out if you have true peace or not. But what is so awesome about plans and making plans, because a lot of times we make plans, like we talked about, our plans will go according to plan. But we have a relationship with the master planner. We have a relationship with somebody who created the heavens and the earth, who knows the beginning from the, from the end, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows everything. He, if, he, if there's somebody you need to trust with your plans, it's God. And now we have the opportunity to have a relationship with this creator, with, to have a relationship with someone who's on the inside of us. And when we, when we have that, it says that in Proverbs uh, 16.3, it says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do. It should be on the screens. And he will establish your what? Plans. So when your plans belong to the Lord, that is when peace is secured. When your plans belong to the Lord, that's when your purpose is secured because it's no longer about what's going on in your time frame or to-do list. Now it's just following after the Holy Spirit, what God has for you. But see, Jacob learned this the hard way. Jacob learned this the hard way. If you, if you read the story of his life, he spent his entire or most of his life chasing after God's peace by following his own plans. See, Jacob would spend his whole time chasing after what God promised for him, but using his own tools and tactics. What he was trying to do, and what we do a lot of times, is that he was trying to do God's will his way. And who knows, you can't do God's will your way. You have to do God's will his way. That's the only way you're going to find fruit in that. So when Jacob was first born, it says that he was grabbing on to the, the heel of his older twin brother Esau. And so that's why he was named Jacob. It means heel grabber. That means trickster and schemer. Like, that's such an awesome way to name your kid, right? Like, you know, what are you speaking over this guy, you know? But that is what he became known for. That one was his name. And, be, and because Esau was the older brother, he had every right to the firstborn blessing that his father had to offer to him. He had that inheritance because he was the firstborn. But Jacob had one goal. Um, during his life, and that was to receive the blessing of a firstborn son. And even though God spoke over Jacob and Esau before they were born, that, that Esau would end up serving Jacob, you can find that in Genesis 25.3, and I'll read it real quick, and it says, And the Lord told her, The sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. Speaking of Esau serving Jacob. But even though Jacob knew this, Jacob still tried to do, to do God's will his way. 
Jacob was trying to scheme and, and plan his way to God's future. I'll give you a quick over, overview and summary of his mistakes. The first thing he tried to do uh, is that he, he stole Esau's uh, birthright by trading it for chicken noodle soup. I mean, who knows that's a mistake on Esau's part. And then after that, he then stole Esau's blessing from his father by deceiving his father and acting like he was Esau, and he stole Esau's uh, blessing by doing that. And because of those two things happened, Jacob then had to flee his family because he was afraid of his brother Esau taking revenge on him and killing him. And this then led him to Laban, his uncle's house, where he met his wife. And this is also where he is then deceived himself into marrying the wrong woman. Who knows that's a mistake. But that makes me kind of feeling ironic because Jacob, the trickster and the deceiver, is deceived. That goes to show that if you do dishonest things and you get away with it, don't think those things aren't going to show up in your future. Because if you use dishonesty and deceive things to get a result, what you're doing is you're planning that to happen in your future. So don't be surprised if you use dishonesty and deception to get a result, and that results in you being deceived by somebody else. What Jesus said it best, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So if you live by the ways of man, don't be surprised if you are schemed out yourself, and that's what happened to Jacob. So this eventually leads, we're talking about life in Jacob, all these mistakes he had. This eventually leads him from, uh, from fleeing, uh, fleeing his father-in-law Laban, and Laban chasing after him. And while he's fleeing from Laban, Esau then finds out where Jacob is at. And so Esau begins to chase after Jacob. And so Jacob is fleeing from Esau in the fear of his life. And while, he, while he's running away from Esau, he's, he's trying to send Esau gifts to, to, to make up for the mistakes that he, he had. Until finally, Jacob sent all his family and possessions before him. And that left him alone in the camp. And that is where he wrestled with God. You see, Jacob had this realization. He, he said, my brother is out to kill me. My, my, I haven't seen my, my family in years. I don't have a good relationship with my father-in-law, and I find myself alone. And he sees all these things, and, and he comes with this realization. He said, okay, nothing has gone according to plan. All these plans I had, all these schemes I had, they haven't let me feeling fulfilled. They left me feeling empty and alone. If there's something that following self-centered plans will do, it will leave you feeling alone. It will leave you feeling like nobody cares about you. It will leave you feeling like you're hopeless and helpless. That's why we can't follow after our own self-centered plans because it's never going to give you what, it, what you think it will. And so this is what Jacob finds out. And as it seems like his life is falling apart, he wrestles with the realization that he can't do this alone anymore. He, re he wrestles with this realization that as much as he tries to accomplish God's will his way, he can't do it. That as much as he tries to, to find peace by following his own plans, he can't do it. And he's wrestling this realization, and he's wrestling with God over it until finally he submits himself to God. And that's point number one for tonight, is that God's peace cannot be achieved by our plans. God's peace cannot be achieved by our plans. It doesn't matter how much you scheme. It doesn't matter how much you put above yourself and before yourself and how much plans you put together. There is no way you can enter God's promised land by your own will and strength. It's not going to happen. And Jacob realized that. And so what Jacob realized is that if he wants to produce peace in his life, he has to reduce his pride. 
He has to reduce his plans to the point where he said, you know what, not my will, but your will be done. And that is what he takes place, and he submits his plans to God's will. And this is what I like in verse 26. It says, the man, God, he said, let me go for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. You see, Jacob spent his entire life trying to bless himself. Jacob spent his entire life trying to follow after his own plans to God's promises. Jacob spent his entire life thinking that he had it all figured out, and he quickly realized he didn't. And he said, God, I've been trying to do this on my own this whole time. I've been trying to to follow after my own plans, but I realize that my plans are dead. I realize my plans have no end. I realize my plans don't lead to promises. So, God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Sometimes it takes a point where we're wrestling with God so much, we're saying, we're saying God, I can't do this on my own anymore. I, I've been trying to raise these kids on my own. I've been trying to run this business on my own. I've been trying to do all these things on my own that I think is aligned with my promises, but I can't do this on my own anymore. And he gave himself over to God. And he said, I'm done chasing after my plans. I want your plans for me, God. And this is how God responds, which I think is so awesome. He says, what is your name? Which is so random. What is your name? And the man, the man asked, and Jacob replied, he said, Jacob. He said, that's my name. And he said, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. For, for now on, say, for now on, you will be called Israel. You see, Jacob was saying, well, what's my name? My name is Jacob, which means deceiver, which means planner, which means schemer, which means, I'm a, which means hill grabber. And then God said, okay, well, you will no longer be known as a deceiver no longer. You will no longer be known as a schemer no longer. You will no longer be known as a hill grab no longer. You will be called Israel. And you know what Israel means? Get excited for this. Israel means God rules. Israel means God rules. So what God was telling him in that moment, what you captured from looking down, is that God was saying, I know you're trying to follow your own rules, but you're following my rules now. I know you were trying to follow your own plans, but you're following my plans now. I know you're trying to follow your own ways to make this business work, to make the race and the kids work, to make these relationships work. But now I'm going to be your CEO. Now I'm going to be the center of your family. Now I'm going to be one who you put first. And you're going to watch your plans work out because now they belong to me. And you want to know what happened right after Jacob changed his name to Israel and submitted his life to God, submitted his plans to God. You want to know what happened? He met up with Esau. Esau, he's been running away from Esau for years. He's been running away from Esau for, his, for ever since he deceived him, ever since he betrayed him. He's been running away, and he approaches Esau thinking that he is going to kill him, but instead Esau welcomes him. And not only that, he blesses him. And from that point forward, Jacob, who is now Israel, enters the most fruitful season of his life. What that says to me is that as soon, this in an instant, as soon as we give our plans over to God, we start seeing our plans come into fruition. No longer will we find dead ends. No longer will we find ourselves afraid. No longer will we find ourselves insecure. Because when we give our plans over to a God who knows everything from beginning to end, we don't have to be confident. We just have to be confident in God. Can someone put their hands together for Jesus real quick? You see, when you give your plans over to God, you'll begin to see fear leave your life. You'll begin to see depression leave your life. You'll begin to see, see debt be eliminated because now you're not doing this on your own anymore. I want somebody to hear tonight, you don't have to live life on your own anymore. You see, what Jacob was trying to do is that he was trying to attain God's promises on his own. You, you don't have to do this on your own. You have access to a Savior who not only defeated death, hell, and the grave, but he did it for you. 
and he did it for the sole purpose of watching you reach his promises that he has for you. And so when you say, you know what, I want to, I want to be a part of that. I don't want to do this on my own. That is when you're going to see all the peace, all the promises that you thought you were missing out of in an instant. In an instant, Jacob's life turned around because now he submitted himself to God. And what was once a burden became a blessing. What Esau was once chasing after him, now he was blessing him. And all his relationships started working out, all because he put God first and God blessed the rest. But see, all of this only happened until Jesus, Jesus showed up. See, Jesus showed up. You see, in verse 24, it, said, it says, the first verse we read, it said, This left Jacob all alone in the camp, all alone in the camp, all alone in the camp. Have you ever felt all alone? Is somebody with me? Have you ever felt all alone? Has there been times in your life where you think that there is no way I'm going to defeat uh, this insecurity? There's no way I'm going to get over this fear? There's no way, and you feel helpless, and you feel alone? You see, Jacob felt alone, and then Jesus showed up. See, Jacob felt helpless, and then Jesus showed up. See, Jacob felt like there was no end to his problems, and then Jesus showed up. See, Jacob was in a panic, and then the Prince of Peace showed up. You see, it's all about making sure that you're in the same area and the presence of Jesus. And that's point number two for tonight is that God's presence will restore your peace. God's presence will restore your peace. So if you're feeling confused, get into God's presence and you'll feel confident. If you're feeling fearful tonight, get in God's presence and you'll be filled with faith. If you're feeling like panic is taking over your life, get in God's presence and you'll begin to feel peace take over your life. Can I hear somebody say amen? Get excited that when you get into the presence of God, things have to change. Things have to change because you can say God's God's peace does not rest in my plans no longer. God, uh, my, 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 peace, my peace does not rest in my plans no, no longer. My, my peace rests with God. My, my peace won't, won't have to rest in, in everything going right. My, my peace doesn't have to, have to rest in making sure that everything is, is good in the bank account. Now my peace rests with God. Now my peace rests with God in his presence. But I don't want us to ever overlook moments, ever overlook moments that we have with God, the small moments that you have with them. You see, some of us can get so caught up in, in, in the search for the move of God that we miss out the moments that we have with them. You see, sometimes we can be so looking forward to, to big movements that we miss out on the small moments. And when you miss out on the small moments, you'll miss out on the momentum that brings. And eventually when momentum happens, movement follows. So if you want to see the move of God happen, have a moment with him. If you want to see a move of God happen in your life, have a moment with him. Just close your eyes, lift up your hands and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And when you do that, when you have that moment, momentum will begin to build up in your spirit. Let me, let me show you how it works. If you need to have fear go out of your life, have a moment with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, faith will begin to build. And it also now will lead to momentum of thinking that I can do all things through Christ who, who strengthens me. And then all of a sudden, that turns into a movement because the next time that fear comes your way, you're going to have the faith to get over it. And then that's how the move of God works. The move of God starts with a moment with them. So I never want us to look over the moment that we have with them. I never want to look over the, the, the times when we get to the saturate in his presence because that is where the move of God happens. You see, it says in verse 31, it says, The sun was rising, and as Jacob left, he, he was leaving with a limp. 
He, he was leaving with a limp after he had this experience with Jesus. Because, see, when you spend time in his presence, it has to change something about you. When you, have, when you spend time with Jesus, you begin to walk a little dif- different. Come on, somebody. You can begin to talk a little bit different. When you spend time with Jesus, it begins to change you so much on the inside that people are going to look at you and say, hey, something's different about you. See, that's what it was happening with Jacob is that when he became Israel, they looked at him, and he, be, he was walking different. He was talking different. He was acting different. He said, well, what happened to you? He said, I had a moment with God that changed my life forever. I had a moment with God that now I'm not afraid, now that I'm not fearful. If you agree with me, why don't you stand with your feet right now because I'm closing. But when we have those moments with God, they turn into momentum and that turns into a movement that's going to take over our life. This is what I want us to catch when it comes with the story of Jacob. Don't put so much of your self-worth in your own self-plans. Don't think that the world ends when your plans fail or fall apart. Don't think that when my plans fall short, then that means that I fall short of God. God has so many better things ahead of us. Just like I found out when I was trying to plan out my proposal, I found out that God had a, even a better plan. And once I submitted it to him, once we submitted to God, the, the plans, the promises, the peace that he has for us begins to become a reality. It's, it, it begins to become something that we can build upon. Because really, the foundation that we have to have to, to build our faith, it has to be peace. It has to be peace. The peace of God is our foundation. You will never be shaken if you have the peace of God in your life. There never come a time where you feel fearful, where you feel like you have no way out, when you have the peace of God in your life. We have to have that realization of who Jesus is to us. And because when we have time with them, when we spend that time with them, that's, the, that's when we get transformed from the inside out. That's when Jacob became Israel. It's not when his plans fulfilled. It's when he gave his plans to God. When he gave his plans to God, that's when he was transformed from the inside out. So remember when I told you that Jacob, his biggest dream was to step into the, the blessing of a firstborn? Like that was Jacob's goal, to, to step into the blessings of being a firstborn. That's why he did all those things. Uh, that's why he did all this deception in the past is that he wanted the, the firstborn blessing. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. Now this is 400 years after the death of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. And this is God talking to Jacob's great, 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 great grandson, Moses. And this is what he tells him. Then you will tell him, This is what the Lord says. Say the Lord says. He says, Israel is my firstborn son. This happens 400 later after his death. 400 later, what he was pursuing, that's when God, when he gave his plans to God, that's when his promises were met. Come on, somebody. When you give your plans to God, it doesn't matter if you don't see it in your lifetime. You're going to see it come into fruition. Because God never misleads his promises. God is the only one who can uphold his end of the, of the bargain. God is the only one who can bring you to places beyond your imagination. That's when Jacob's promise was fulfilled. I want to leave you all with this thought tonight. When your plans are given to God, peace and promises are given to you. Peace and promise are given to us. 
What I want us to focus on tonight, because we're about to sing some songs, and we, I want us to get excited in the spirit, because I don't want us to be tempted to follow after our own plans anymore. I don't want us to be tempted by the deception of the world, which says that if you follow the world's plans, you'll get the world's fame, but you also get the world's problems. You also get the world's fears. You also get the world's insecurities. But when you follow after God's plans, when you follow after things that he has for you, that's when you inherit his promises. That's when you inherit his peace that he has for you. So tonight, I want us to do what Jacob did, which he said, I can't do this on my own anymore. He, he said, I've been trying to live this life. I've been trying to, to live this life as a business owner, as a student, as a parent, as a mom. I've been trying to, to live this life and, and do it on my own, but I can't do this anymore. And as soon as you tell God that you need him, that's when God shows up. As soon as you tell God, God, I can't do this on my own, and let your walls down, you let your pride down, you let your insecurities down, you say, God, I trust you more than I trust myself, that's when peace will step in. That's when promises will step in. So let's draw a circle around ourselves tonight. We're going to sing a song tonight, but I want us to have that moment where we're wrestling with the realization that we can't do this on our own, that we need God, we need his peace, we need his promises, we don't need the world's what the world has to offer, we need what he has to offer. Because only what God offers will give you purpose. Only what God offers will make you inherit the promises that he has for you, your purpose that he has for you. So as we begin the scene, draw a circle around yourself, lift up your hands to heaven, and begin to acknowledge that you need him. Begin to acknowledge that you need the Holy Spirit to take over your life. Begin to acknowledge I can't do this on my own, but I need you. So let's sing together tonight. Come on. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.